Okay, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wal-aqibat fil mutaqeen wa la'adwana illa ala zalimeen. Wa salwatullahi wa salamuhu ala ashraf al-anbiya'i wal-mursaleen. Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Allahumma la sahla illa ma ja'altahu sahla wa anta tajlul hasna idha shi'la sahla. Allahumma a'inna ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husna ibadatik ya Rabbil Kareem. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Right, yo folks. Hope everybody is well. It's always depressing to see it's always depressing to see all the top yani big big united fans yani sitting in the dars yani on the night of a big game indicating that they have zero hope yani in the result <laughs> and zero yani expectation of anything yani completely understandable and predictable to be honest we're going to go home to a best score i even heard that it could be an 8-2 reverse tonight at man united yani so that's one thing Second thing is, as you can see, I don't want to say Father Christmas has been here because that would be yani haram, but I think it's pretty close, okay? So we have yani the world's biggest yani Cadbury's chocolate bar, okay? Like literally the world's biggest, all right? And then we have, I don't want to give it away. We have chocolates and we have lots of different things, but this should give it away. This is a legend, legendary chocolate, okay? Chocolate biscuit, okay? Which country is it from? Australia, Australia indeed. Because we are joined today, mashallah, by a family that have been with us from the very beginning and are visiting from Australia, Kamran's family, mashallah, so we're very, very happy uh, to have them and welcome. And we're not going to divide that behavior out because that's a fitna, okay? That's going to be done at the end in its right place. But we are very, very, very proud that uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses us by uh, able to have an audience to teach and also blesses people in that they are accessing the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in such a loyal, long-term, stable and patient way. Um, only another 50 years to go. We can also see some guests from London. Ahlan ya how are you doing? You all right? And uh, we are welcome back Ibrahim from Tanzania. MashaAllah, tabarakallah. It's good to see you again, bro. Allah ibarak feek. And Uthman, I think he's making his way from even longer journey from Blackburn. It's taken him two hours already, moaning, crying in a car, and about traffic and God knows what. Yeah, no, no. Wait, wait, we hang on him for you, You're gonna make any, every single lesson about him in his gym? Astaghfirullah. See that hate? Pure hate. Pure hate. I told you, isn't it, that everyone here thinks that Shazad is the, the bullied one? Huh? I told you that, isn't it? He's not the bullied one at all. He is the bullier. Or the bully. Bully, yeah, bully, yeah. Bully, yeah. I just made a new word. Not true. Uh, Alhamdulillah, also, um, this weekend was very beneficial. We taught Protect This House again after a long time. It was a very good class, very beneficial class, bifadlillah. A lot of people from different places came down, a lot of different countries. It was nice, I need to see their feedback. This weekend, inshallah, I will be in Birmingham. For any folks that have not taken it yet, uh, this Friday. Um, that's expected to be busy as well. I don't think it will sell out though, so meaning you should still get a chance on the Friday. Whereas in London, it was gone way before and it was a bit crazy to be honest. Um, and also I was able to go and visit Sheikh Haytham al-Haddad uh, in London, who had just come back. Actually, we knew about his condition for a long time, uh, meaning that uh, he had uh, cancer, um, affected by cancer, uh, which... Um, was excised quite simply and easily about a year back or whatever. And then it came back again, so he had it done again. And uh, then it came back a third time, but it was far too, yani, you know, in with the rest of the nerves and God knows what. 
so I had to go undergo chemo. So he was, with, he was with us in Hajj, and he was absolutely fine. We were just chilling. We always relax in Hajj together, and we always catch up there. And he was absolutely fine because, Yani, cancer is obviously tough anyway. But Yani, when you have the operation, it's not so bad. But it's when you have the chemo that kills you, Yani. It's an absolute murder. So he's uh, just gone through two rounds of that, and it's really, really, really weakened him. Like really weakened him. And we were shocked actually. We planned for a long time to time it just when he came out. And I hope that many people are not going to go and uh, mither him at his house. But he wanted, um, we spent a good time with him discussing a lot of issues and things. And um, I think the main thing that he wanted to do was to just let, just to make sure that everybody is very positive. Because he was super positive. But it's difficult, it's in a bad way. And I think he is going to need another third round of chemo and I think so soon as well. I don't think it's good, but anyway. Allah Mustaan is uh, a top man, uh, Sheikh Haytham, top man, top man. Bare jokes, bare controversy, cussing everyone, left, right and center. Including our Imam Sheikh Uthameen here as well. He is one of his, yani, he, he was not one of his teachers. He never said it under Uthameen. Oh my goodness, no one got survived yesterday. But it made him cheered up, so we said, carry on, carry on. <laughs> Eyes shining and this and that. All right, so it, it was, alhamdulillah, it was a good, uh, good weekend and good couple of days. Um, and the Yasser is also here. He'll be doing some charity events. So anyone who's bored and uh, got too much money and it and sense, then make sure you go along. And um, that's probably about it. Right, where are we now, folks? You know, one thing I noticed is that in the lesson, I said, next lesson, make sure you remind me that you sick guy, you sick guy. I was thinking that someone's going to let me down. Jeeves never lets us down. Uh, I knew everybody, you Paki's going to me, let, let me down. Not a single one of you had any clue where we were. Right, that's exactly, because I forgot my pencil, you see, to mark where it says start now. So this is the, um, the, the I mean, we, to be honest, I think we covered it before in previous years, but Yani Sheikh Uthameen is covering it now, so let's do it. And it's interesting the way that he, he, he covers this. Uh, let's do some text. Ross, what happened to that? I don't know, that's horrible. It wasn't like that a minute ago. Anyway, all right, anyway. So, from the Arabic, what we're going to be doing today is ثُمَّ يَسْتَعِي ثُمَّ يُبَسْمِ الْسِرَّةِ وَلَيْسَتْ مِنَ الْفَاتِحَةِ We've covered that. ثُمَّ يَقْرَأُ الْفَاتِحَةِ And that's what we did last week. فَإِنْ قَطَعَهَا بِذِكْرٍ أَوْ سُكُوتٍ غَيْرَ مَشْرُعِينِ وَطَالِ أَوْ تَرْكِ مِنْ حَتَشْتِيدَةً that's what we covered last week or week before. That's what we doing. That's what we did last week and what we're doing now. That's better. That's what it should be. No, we definitely do. Don't you dare you be tight on us, okay? Oh yes, sour cherries in the bud. God knows what that is in that word. Tutti frutti. Yeah, but I forgot Baji also brought the matchmakers. Just so that you know, so that no one gets forgotten. Orange. Although disappointed to see that it's dark chocolate, to be honest. You know, I don't like dark chocolate, but you know what? I do think that dark chocolate works with orange. Yeah, yeah, I think it does. Yeah. I think milk chocolate, yeah, you need a little bit of bitterness to get the sweet. If it's too milky and then, yeah, I think it works. 
I think it works. Don't disturb me, okay? ثم يقرأ بعدها سورة سورة تكون في الصبح من طوال المفصل وفي المغرب من قصاره وفي الباقي من أوساطه ولا تصح الصلاة بقراءة خارجة عن مصحف عثمان ثم يركع مكبرا رافعا يديه ويضعهما على ركبتيه مفرجة الأصابع مستويا ظهره ويقول سبحان ربي العظيم There's no way we're getting towards that anyway so come get to the English so يلا down down so um, uh, where are we so we did this, yeah? Everybody should then say Ameen out loud in the loud prayers, in the Jahriya. And then recite... Is that right? Go back up to the Arabic. Um, yeah, it is right. So, uh, so everybody should then say Ameen out loud in the loud prayers. And then recite a chapter from the longer Mufassal of the Quran. And then recite a chapter from the longer Mufassal of the Quran in the dawn prayer, Subh, from the shorter chapters in the sunset prayer, or from the moderate length chapters in the rest of the prayers. I just want to say that I'm not very happy with the translation. It doesn't look very clear that those chapters and the shorter length and the moderate length are also referring to the Mufassal, not the Quran. What do you think? Does it sound like the Quran or does it sound like Mufassal? Is it clear in your mind by me mentioning Mufassal that the next two references are to the Mufassal? Or does it look like the last two references refer to the whole Quran? The whole Quran. Yeah, I need to repeat Mufassal again and again. In the Arabic, it doesn't need, it's not repeated, you see. From the Arabic, the pronoun returns back to the original mentioned phrase. You know, there's a basic principle in Arabic that the the dhamir always goes back to the first yani, and closest noun, right? So it's clear in the Arabic that it's referring to the mufassal. But when you do that in English, because people are not used to that kind of style of grammar, they might be wondering what, yani, shorter chapters from what, the Quran or the mufassal. So when you add mufassal yani, as a, like an exp explainer, it kind of makes it longer and a bit ugly, you know what I mean? Do I need to add mufassal? Yes or no? Yeah. If I'm telling you, mufassal, by the way, are the surahs from qaf, until the end okay so qaf to the end that's roughly about four and a bit juz okay so these four and a bit last juz of the quran four and a bit you can divide them into three the long ones and then the long ones means they go from qaf to uh, juz amma amma i mean naba uh, yani Okay, Amma Yatsa'alun Surah. And then from Amma Yatsa'alun until Al-Duha, I believe. Where's our Quran expert? Duha? Yes? I think the Awsat, yani, Al-Duha, and the Qisar is from Al-Duha to An-Nas. So these are the. You know what Mufassal means, right? I'm, I know I shouldn't be doing this now, but I mean, Mufassal means Kathir al-Fasal, yani. You know, it has lots of breaks. Fasal is a chapter, right? Fasal, chapter, da-da-da. Fasal, chapter, da-da. So, but in its linguistic, yani, you know, a, a fasal means a classroom. The point of fasal means is to divide, to divide people. So lots of divisions because, you know, each ayah is a stop. Qaf, as you know, is like the first surah that it really gets into stop, 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 stop. Every ayah is like, you know, a couple of stops. So uh, that broken nature of the Quran, broken nature of the surah where there's a, 
only a short, short, short verses. These are all called the Mufassal in general. And they're divided into three groups. Okay? The long ones, middle ones, short ones. Short ones are tiny, tiny ones, from al-duha to al-nas. And then the middle ones are from amma ila al-duha. So the Hanafi, the Hanafi scholar, there's, there's of course difference of opinion. I, I, I'm, I'm well aware of the, the, uh, the fuqaha uh, differing over them. I'm pretty sure this is the, the majority position. But anyway, the Hanafis, they said that it starts from Al-Hujurat, so before, to Buruj, so deep in. And the middle from Buruj to? Okay, so couple, two, three after Doha. Yeah, so from Ida Zulzila, yeah, from Zalzala to Anas. Yeah? So from Zalzala to Anas, that's the Hanafis. And Al Akhirin? Okay. So interesting, the Malikiya, the Malikiya have it from Al Hujurat into until Al Nazi'at. And then from Nazi, which is one surah down from Qaf. And one surah down from Amma, from the majority, and they, but then the second bracket from Nazi'at until Doha is the same because Doha is the end point. Doha until the end is the same. All right. Now. Interesting. So the Shafi'is they made it a very short, yani section for the long surahs. They said from Hujrat to Ar-Rahman. Yeah. Okay, so this Shafi'i is, they need to go back yani, to the drawing board. They just yani, said, yeah, and the middle ones are what, anything that are short, and yani, the short ones are the proper short ones. Yani, oh, kalam fadi that is. Okay, next, yeah. Yep. See that? Only the Hanbalis, yani, the first people on, on the planet to mention a hadith. Allahu Akbar. You see that? Hanafi's kalam, and Maliki's kalam, and Shafi's, I don't know what they were doing. And then the Hanbalis said, because of the hadith, you know what I'm saying? That's why we do humbly fit, bro. Because we don't mess about. So, because of the hadith of Hudayfa, which I have here in front of me. That's Jameel. Zakamullah That's fine. Anyway, so we'll come to that. So, uh, so then recite a chapter from the longer mufassal of the Quran in the dawn prayer from the shorter mufassal. I think it does, uh, Shaz is right. We should just replace chapters and put mufassal in a translation and you're expected to know what mufassal means. Then it's clear. From the shorter mufassal in the sunset prayer or from the moderate length mufassal in the rest of the prayers. The prayer is invalidated by reciting from other than the mushaf of Uthman. And we spoke about that a little while ago, a couple of, a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, you know, we're not, we're not going past there. We're not going past it. That's fine. Yalla, bring up the, 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 the thing. All right. So let's jump straight in. Uh, yes, with that. She is. We should mic you, Yanni, from Cambridge. Alaikum salam. Lala, have you entered in the wrong door? This ain't, this ain't, this ain't, this ain't, this ain't the Poetry Slam Club, you know what I'm saying, yeah? Yeah, Masjid. Yalla salli, khalas, don't speak too much, Yanni, then you can come and join us. Did I say heavyweight champion? Of course. Oh, right, okay. I think you've been eating too much, bro. Amara Shukri, Yanni, thinking that uh, this is the comedy club, sorry, the poetry club. Or the both, whatever, they're the same. 
Um, right, okay. Let's jump in. Let's stop messing about. The Fatiha. Is it an obligation to learn it if you don't know it? And by that, the point me by that is that if a person doesn't know any Arabic, any Quran, any Zikr, anything, and he just learns the prayer, does he immediately have to learn the Fatiha before he starts praying? That's the question. Okay? And Sheikh Uthameen says, yes, this is at the bottom of page 69. He goes, absolutely, it is a must that he must learn it, okay, because the recitation of Fatiha is obligatory. And, um, and then he gives the example. He goes, and if an obligatory action cannot be completed except by doing an action, then that action itself becomes obligatory. So here he would say the recitation of Fatiha is obligatory, so therefore to learn it becomes obligatory, okay? Such as uh, water, if a person needs yani, it for wudu, then it doesn't matter. He, is, he has to find it, he has to buy it, he has to whatever it is, if it is sold. Okay? Uh, in any case, uh, if the time is, yani not, he doesn't have the time. So for example, a person, he has to pray and doesn't have time to learn the Fatiha before the time will expire. Then, then, what should that person do? What do you think? What's the next move? So we can agree that Fatiha is number one. What do you think number two is? Uh, we're talking about a person praying by himself. Person praying by himself. Think about it before you say anything. Okay. No. Yeah. Anything. They have nothing. They have like have nothing. Uh, we're going in terms of priority. We're not going to, you know. We said, we said, we'll assume we've got a couple of hours. Read from the. Read from the uh, that's a very specific answer. Um, which is interesting because that would indicate that he could read. And if he could read from the Mus'haf, then he'd be allowed to read the Fatiha. So then that wouldn't be an issue. So this is by memory. Remember that the holding of the Mus'haf is not the done thing. I know that we've made it normal in our time. But the thought of having a mushaf anywhere in an obligatory prayer is like not even possible to think of. Just so that we can calibrate our, our thoughts. So what do you think? Yeah? Fatiha is the obviously the obvious obligatory thing. If no Fatiha, what do you think? What did the Prophet tell the person who, who erred in his prayer? The one when he taught him how to pray. What did he actually tell him? No, no. Yeah, obviously repeat the prayer. But then when he said, I don't know how to pray, teach me. So what did he teach him? What did he tell him to do? No. That's a bit rough, yeah? Not knowing how to pray on his to make shahada. That's hardcore, bro. <laughs> what do you think? You can't remember? And recite that which you have with you from the Quran. So number two is anything from the Quran, which is far more specific than number three, which is dhikr and tasbih. General dhikr and tasbih. That's a problem, you know. This is very a good point for us to study. We always say to new Muslims, oh, just say Allahu Akbar, just say la ilaha illallah. That's wrong. The Prophet ﷺ said, Iqra'a ma tayassara ma'akum min al-Qur'an. So if you don't know Fatiha, you don't say to a new Muslim to just write, just say subhanallah. Even for that person to say anything from the Qur'an is the next move. Okay, it might just be, of course, that you hit the jackpot and say Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen and that would be sufficient. You'd focus that person on learning that phrase Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. That would then fulfill the third 
yani in the priority, but it would fulfill the first. But this is a very interesting point that Sheikh is going to open up. Um, because, uh, anyway, let's say he doesn't have anything from the Quran, then he says, Subhanallah, or Alhamdulillah, and La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar, wa la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. These are the five basic phrases of adhkar, okay? And there is a hadith yani, which supports that. Um, Subhanallah walhamdulillah wa la ilaha illallah wa Allahu akbar wa la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah This hadith is narrated by Imam Ahmed uh, chapter 4 volume 4 hadith number 353 also narrated uh, by Imam Abu Dawood this is interesting in the book of prayer the chapter title ma yujzi'u al-ummi wal a'jami min al-qira'a what is sufficient for the foreigner or the one who cannot yani speak uh, from the prayer, and then also by an Nasa'i, uh, and by uh, that hadith, sorry, number 832, and by Imam Nasa'i in the book of opening, okay, uh, chapter, مَا يُجْزِئُ مِنَ الْقِرَاءَ لِمَنْ لَا يُحْسِنَ الْقُرْآنَ What is sufficient for recitation for the one who is not able to recite the Qur'an, or cannot recite the Qur'an properly. These hadith are, inshallah, authentic, okay? So that is the default, five Statements, not one of them. And then the last yani, choice, if you like, that you put forward to some guy who's just, you know, can't speak at all, got no time, is one of them. And everybody can say, Allah Akbar. Yeah? So, you know, at least that. One of the five. Okay, so you've got now in order, Fatiha in its entirety, then something from the Quran, and then the five, tasbih, five tasbihat, all right? And then... Five tasbihat, subhanallah, alhamdulillah, wa la ilaha illallah, wallahu akbar, wa la hawla, wa la quwwata illa billah. And then number four would be any one of these because literally he has got nothing else. Okay? If a person says, how is it that uh, uh, in this uh, opinion number three, that five kalimat, five words can replace the seven ayat of Fatiha? How is that possible? Yani Fatiha is seven and we're giving a clear order. We're saying that you can recite anything from the Quran, but the uh, uh, or are we saying that you can recite anything from the Quran? What is the amount that you would need if you can't write, recite Fatiha and five kalimat yani from the dhikr? So Sheikh Uthameen he says, Sheikh Uthameen says that it is not a condition that when something is replacing the asal. Something is replacing yani, the, or, the origin that has to be the same in quantity. It, there's not a, that, that, that's, not, that's not a condition that that needs to happen. He goes, did you not see, for example, that when a person, he is expiating you know, a, a vow that they made, okay? And they, expiate, you know, they made a vow, they said, wallahi, I vowed that I will do this, this, that. And they realized you know, that I was, you know, they jumped the gun too early and they need to make up for it. You will clothe 10 people, okay? Or, if not, then you feed 10 people. And feed, clothing 10 people is not the same as feeding 10 people. Clothing is far more expensive, far more difficult than feeding 10 people. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us this priority order, and they're not the same. So in priority orders, it does not always have to be equal. And then likewise, in one of the options is to free a slave. And to free a slave is far more expensive than all of the two uh, options. So it is not a necessary condition to be the same. However, the fuqaha, may Allah have mercy upon them, said, إِذَا كَانَ عِنْدَهُ شَيْءٌ مِنَ الْقُرْآنِ سِوَى الْفَاتِحَةِ 
وجب عليه ان يقرا منه بقدر الفاتحه he goes however if a person moves to number 2 in the priority list reciting quran then he has to recite the same amount as the fatiha so in the quran he has to recite the same amount as the fatiha however in the tasbihat he doesn't have to recite the same because as he just argued why does it have to be in a priority order so then you might say well hold on how what's it, why are you differentiating why does the quran have to be the same and the tasbih have to be different and that is because so that's because the genus of the alternative is the same. Because the Quran is the same genus as the Fatiha, so because they are the same type, then you have to bring the same type. But because to recite dhikr and tasbihat is a complete separate genus, a complete separate yani, uh, genus is the word I don't know what alternative to use. We'll make this clearer. Huh? Huh? Origin, yeah, origin. Maybe that works as well. Because it's just separate categories, all right, then they don't need to be equal. Does that make sense? So if it's from the same category, it needs to be equal. It's from a different category, then it needs to, then it can be anything. So the order then is to recite the Fatiha. If you can't do that, then he recites the Quran from somewhere else of the same amount. If he can't do that, then he makes tasbih. What's tasbih? Subhanallah, then he makes tahmeed. What's tahmeed? Then he makes takbir. And then he does tahleel. La ilaha illallah. And then he does the hawqala. Very good. Hawqala. Yeah, la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. All right. Um, the Sheikh says, what if a person says that I can't find anyone um, to show me or teach me except that they want payment for it? All right. So, I'm in that scenario, got very little time, and now I need to learn it, okay? And someone will teach me it, but they want a charge. Is it, Yani, uh, uh, an obligation? Do I, is it a must that I pay it? Okay, and the answer is yes. Just like, Yani, in the issue of water. Person, Yani, making wudu has to use the water, Yani, that even if it's mineral water, and it costs money, you have to buy it. That's a situation that I think we covered, obviously, a couple of years ago, but I think it's not a lot more common than people realize. You know, uh, uh, people don't think, I, I don't know where I was just recently. I can't remember where I was recently, but somewhere I was. And uh, there was just, uh, the water ran out or there was a huge queue or something like that. And the time was running out for salah. And uh, someone was saying, we'll just make the yamu. Like, you know, I mean, I know that there was lots of queue, but there was water on sale. It's not permissible for you to make that decision to go to Tiamum when there's water on sale available. And we've covered that in a lot of detail. Yani you have to buy the water. Whatever it needs, you, uh, you, know, you have to buy it. So then, uh, Sheikh Watamim says, that's fine. Okay, so he has to buy it. The real question should be, though, is it permissible to charge for that? What do you think? Is it permissible to charge for teaching this person the Fatiha he needs so desperately or she needs so desperately as Muslim? Answer is yes. Sahih al-Jawaz, because of the Prophet ﷺ hadith, yani this comes under the chapter of is it allowed to charge for the teaching of the Quran? And Nabi Wasallam said, That the most deserving thing that you are allowed to take a wage for is the, is the, the book of Allah. The most deserving of all, anything that you actually take a wage for is the teaching of the book of Allah. And... This basically person, yani he is asking for payment, 
Yani he's going to do some work and teach this person. And that's ta'aleem. And ta'aleem is something that you can charge for and be paid for. As opposed to qira'ah. Sheikh Uthameen says, what is allowed is to do ta'aleem of the Qur'an, but it is not permissible to recite for someone. It is not permissible to recite for someone and be paid for it. This is the position of Sheikh Uthameen. Kamala qal, ana aqra'u surat al-Baqarah wa tu'atini kada wa kada. I will recite Baqarah for you and you will pay me a thousand pounds, for example, because I've got the best voice and blah, blah, blah. Then this is haram. As for if I say to you, I will teach you this and this, then that is something which is permissible. And that is why the Prophet ﷺ married off a man who did not have the mahar simply on the basis that he would teach her the Qur'an. Okay, so not only is a hadith saying that it's the most deserving thing that you can take a charge for, so that allows yani, the teaching of Qur'an and deen and things like that, but also the hadith that the fact that the Prophet ﷺ gave it a financial value, the teaching of. All right? The mahar was not you recite Qur'an to her, which would be a sick one, right? Take that every day of the week, yeah? But it was, you have to actually teach her, because that's a mission, yeah? That's a life, that's life sentence, basically, yeah? I don't know if it's life sentence, I don't know. Why do you think it's a life sentence? What do you have to be like that for? You started it. Oh, right, okay, we started okay, so take it. And this hadith, of course, of the mahar, narrated by Bukhari, in the, uh, yeah, uh, hadith number two, uh, 2310. Okay, uh, then, how are we doing in terms of, uh, but in that order for the five, Rayhan says, for in that order of the five adhkar, yes, the hadith yani, indicates that in that order, okay, the tasbih and tahmid and the takbir, tahleel and al-hawqala, okay. Um, is it permissible to change the order? This is a discussion, by the way, this is an important question. Is it permissible to change order when it comes to tasbih or a hadith like this and indeed in dua? Yani is dua tawqifi. We're going to be coming to this issue. We've already covered a bit of it and we're going to be doing it later as well. And it seems that from the practice of the companions and actually from a hadith point of view, if you're a student of hadith or you are, or, or you are from Ahl hadith, you are always going to support that argument. Because it's very difficult to reconcile between so many variant narrations of a hadith, uh, of a dua that has so many variants, except that you believe that the order is not tawqifi. Meaning that it's permissible for you to change the order in a du'a. Yani, for example, you might have a du'a where you seek forgiveness and then you seek Allah's mercy and then wajburni wa'afini wa'ghafirli. You know, for example, the du'a of the Prophet which is narrated between the two sajda. So when you come up, you say, Allahu Akbar, right? Then you got Rabbi ghafirli, Rabbi ghafirli in one narration, right? But in the more authentic narration, it's Allahumma ghafirli, warhamni, wa'afini, wajburni, warazukni. And this hadith, if you look at it in its, all its forms, it's been narrated, Allahumma rahamni wa afini wa rzukni, and then you've got Allahumma jburni, and you've got different ways. This either indicates mistake, or indicates kathratul riwayat, yani different narrations that have heard the Prophet sallallahu say at different times. And if you choose a second one, then you've got to basically then follow the school that the Prophet sallallahu is relaxed on the order, and focusing more on the uh, message, for more focusing on the conclusion. However, there are times where the Prophet ﷺ made many narrations of a du'a and it doesn't change and that is therefore the clue that there is order, the order there is tawqifi, if that makes sense. So if you find many narrations of a hadith that's mentioned in du'a in which there isn't yani, any change, then the safer opinion, still very few scholars will say it's haram to change the order, even in that. But the safer opinion would be that in those one-off exceptions where there seems to be an emphasis on the order, then you do stick to that order. That's a good question.
Can a new Muslim read from something other than the Mus'haf whilst praying Salah Fard alone? So I propped a cue card I had made with Salah steps and transliteration of wordings propped up on the cabinet next to my prayer spot and I'd peek at it sideways wearing a large bed sheet as I didn't even have a hijab. That's mental, Solange. That's absolutely next level, bro. That's like some big yani behavior going down. Like, what's happening there, bro? Um, sick. How can I make fatwa against that when you put all that effort in? Done now, isn't it? <laughs> doesn't, doesn't, doesn't matter what the, what the ruling is. It's done now. I mean, look, obviously when it comes to fatwa, uh, 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 for you know, extraordinary circumstances, we're always going to allow that which is yani, going to help someone in, uh, in, in those situations. The idea, of course, is to try and avoid that. The idea is to try and stick within yani, uh, accepted norms. And in principle, the reading of the Qur'an or the reading of anything outside of the Salah is considered a major distraction. You know that the Prophet ﷺ was very shadid, if you like, yani, or you know, stern on folks that look around in Salah, that don't focus on their uh, uh, sajda points. And that's without reading anything. What about then someone who's doing that and reading something? At the same time, if there is a reason, the fuqaha, yani, they agreed that this looking around is, most of the fuqaha actually, and only Ahl Hadith made it haram. The fuqaha, they considered it makruh. They said if there's a reason, for example, that you want to you know, look around or you're trying to uh, you know, case someone who's coming towards you, doesn't look like they know what's going on, you need to prepare for them to stop them to cut you, and etc., etc., etc. So you'll be surprised that the majority of scholars do not consider it haram to look around, even though the Prophet ﷺ said, do you, does a person not fear that his eyesight will be taken away? Which is a very, very severe statement. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. It should, we should avoid you know, the whole reading thing. Anyway, then he recites, okay? Then he recites. Then he recites what? He recites a surah. So um, then he recites, yes? Yeah. Yes. 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 No, not seven times, but he would recite how many ayat in uh, five. Right. So according to according to his opinion, and to be honest, it's gone. One, it's one of those opinions that has just got lost in the fiqh. To be honest, what would you do with that? You'd read it like what one and a half times. I don't know what you'd do. I don't even know what you'd do. It's one of those kind of questions that's got lost in the hypothesis, in, in, in the, what, what's the word? Not hypothesis. The word, what? Huh? No, there's a word here. Theory. No, not the theory. Man, there's a thingy. What's the, blame, what's the blameworthy concept of if this, this, if, if, what's it called? Hypothesizing? It is hypothesis. Hypothetical. That's thank you. Hypothetical. Hypothesis. Where does hypothetical come from? It doesn't come from hypothesis. Does it? Right. And the hypothetical is the same. But it feels very different in definition. Correct. I mean, hypothesis is what you're putting forward as a theory. It's either going to be true or false. Yeah. You're right. You know, you're right. Anyway. The hypothetical is, and I think that they've gone into the hypothetical here. Obviously, he'll argue that the hadith actually supports the second concept. But in practice, how do you get exactly seven ayat like the Quran in length anyway? And is it in length, yani in terms of actual words? Do we break down and count the words or do we count ayat? Yeah, any situation is messed up, to be honest. I don't believe that a person is obligated to get it exactly right. That's, like, that's a shot way too far. Way too far. And the hadith, by the way, 
just so that you know, the hadith does not mention that you have to recite something else from the Quran. The Hanafis, of course, it's their opinion that it's the Quran and the Fatiha itself is not yani, one of the Arkan Aslan anyway. Alright? They said that anything from the Quran, preferably the Fatiha, and especially in the case of an Imam, yani, you don't even need to worry about anything. So, you know, anyway. Uh, in general, the, 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 the and how, how many people are you going to find that you can't recite Fatiha and you can recite something else from the Quran? Do you know what I mean? Fatiha is like the easiest to, to, to memorize yani, from, you know, somewhere else in the Quran. You know, Allah you know. Alright, so then he recites, and what he means is then he recites the surah. But Shaykh Uthameen says, Thumma, as you know, is indicating order, indicating a little bit of time, indicating any some delay. So is it immediately? Yeah, and he does the imam when he finishes Amin. Okay, everyone says Amin. Does he immediately start in reciting a surah? Some of the fuqaha said no, there needs to be a gap, a period of silence. We've all heard that period of silence, right? And that period of silence from an imam is depending upon a number of factors. What is the reasoning to give that yani, period of silence? Is it acceptable? Is it from the sunnah? Is it yani, something that needs some kind of parameters and dhuabit yani, to try and control it? Some of the fuqaha, they said it needs to be the length of time to allow the people behind to recite Surah Fatiha. That would of course be upon the opinion that it's obligatory for them to recite Aslan. All right, we don't believe that it's obligatory to recite the Fatiha if you can hear it. So we're not going to accept this position, okay? That's going to be, subhanAllah, quite a long gap, actually. A long gap. And when you look at this, the, the Salah of the Prophet, I think he's going to go into that himself. I, I can't remember, but I'll, I'll see. But if we saw a gap like that, you use your aql, yes? If we had a gap, the length of Fatiha in the uh, Surah, the companions would jump upon that. We'd know about it. Why is it that we never heard of this gap? When the gap happened at the beginning, what did Abu Huraira say? What did you recite in that gap? Sah? They see any gap like this, they ask the question. The Prophet ﷺ then gave them, told him that this is the du'a al-istiftah. Yani, and the, the, the ta'awud. So we learned that the gap was yani, explained. You don't think they're going to ask about that gap? Why don't we have anything? So I don't think that there's a gap that big. Uh, some of the scholars said, no, the gap should be just enough. Um, uh, uh, yani that gap which is there, it, there is clearly a gap. We don't have from the Prophet Sallallahu the fact that he carries on. So there's a gap. So what is that gap for? It is just for him to catch his breath. Okay? Yani that he's just able to get yani, uh, uh, his breath. Others said that enough time just for him to think about what he's actually going to recite. Okay? To actually, what he's going to actually recite. Sheikh Uthameen says, he goes, in my opinion, the, the, uh, the correct position is that this uh, period of silence is only a very small one. Definitely not that, yani, the, the length of Fatiha. But, yani, in, in fact, he goes, yeah, good, about time. He goes, this period of silence is, yani, towards Bid'ah. He goes, that's closer to Bid'ah. Yani, minhu ila sunnah. Yani, far closer to, to Bid'ah than Sunnah, yani, to have a, a length of Fatiha uh, thingy. That's the kind of one where someone would, you know, if you're in a, Pack masjid, someone's going to say, Qulu Allah Ahad. You know, he's, yeah, he's going to say, the miskin's forgotten, surah is forgotten. Let me just help you out, bro. There you go, Qulu Allah Ahad. <laughs> you know it's going to happen. So, I mean, you know, and that's what happens when you bring bid'ah into the thing, the whole thing then starts falling down. Um, so, Sheikh Uthameen says, uh, it's, uh, yeah, like I said, he goes, it's impossible that there was such a large gap. Because if there was a gap, the companions would definitely have asked about it, as Abu Huraira did, about that, that between takbir and kira'ah. Um, so he goes, but it should happen. There should be a gap, small gap, period of silence, 
for four reasons. Number one, to differentiate between the obligatory recitation and the sunnah recitation, that which is obligatory, Fatiha, and that which is sunnah recommended, which is a surah. Number two, so that he can get his breath back and recite nicely. Okay. Number three, to allow the followers yani, some time to gather yani, their recitation and so on and so forth. That only if, of course, if you obligate them to recite and just enough for them to start. Okay. And number four, perhaps yani, he has not prepared a surah. Yani, he didn't think about the surah. And so therefore, uh, you know, uh, he's just getting into his mind, yani, what I should think about, what should I re recite, what is yani, you know, uh, uh, good for this moment right now. Okay, then he recites. Then he recites uh, the, the the surah. Sheikh says, "Thumma yakra ba'daha." The, the 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 author says that the Fatiha after it, the surah comes. <laughs> if a person recites the surah before the Fatiha, it has invalidated both. If you recite a surah before Fatiha, you've invalidated the recitation of the surah. You've re invalidated reciting the Fatiha. Nothing needs to happen. You just start again with the Fatiha there and then. Okay, you just return back to the Fatiha and you recite starting again. The word Surah, then he recites the Surah. The word Surah means to encompass something, to, to enclose. Alright, like they call the Surah yani also the fortress. They said, why is that? They said because it is encased between the Basmala, the two Basmalas. So the beginning of Basmala and the last Basmala. Right, that might be it. How would you explain Tawbah? I don't know. Okay, because Tawbah is not yani, enclosed by uh, two Basmalas, it only has one. I don't know, maybe I, 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 I think maybe that it's called surah and Allah knows best because each surah is an enclosed kind of chapter, an enclosed kind of prose. A lot of the time it's either a story, a story or a narrative which is self-contained. It doesn't depend upon another surah. So it's a closed unit. It's a complete unit. So I think somewhere along those lines, that's why it is uh, called a surah. According to the vast majority of scholars, the recitation of a surah after the Fatiha is something which is a sunnah, recommended act of the Prophet ﷺ, and not obligatory. Why? Because only the uh, recitation of Fatiha is obligatory. This piece of information is shockingly not known amongst the vast majority of people. The vast majority of Muslims think that to recite a surah after Fatiha is as obligatory as any other part of the prayer. So that's an educational point. And the reason why it's so educational is, the first of all, that you know uh, how to manipulate your prayer and manipulating your prayer is important in certain circumstances for example especially now in winter if you've got you know the pressure on to try and complete your prayer in a very short period of time then you might need to cut your prayer down and to cut your prayer down there's no easier way than to leave out the, the sunnah aspects to leave out the recommended aspects and only do the obligatory ones so that education will actually benefit a person from a legal point of view, to actually make sure that they get the obligatory prayer in. That's the first benefit. The second benefit, though, I think is actually better and bigger. And that is that it is to be applied at all times. And that is to mix up the prayer. A lot of people have said this before many times, and I'll keep saying it, that people are dead in their prayer and they need external influence to try and bring them up. They don't have the imperative themselves to try and improve their prayer, to learn a new surah or to reflect more. And so when a person's not doing that hard work themselves, then there's a cheat. The cheat is like an emergency brake. You know, if you're t you, know, you want to shock the driver next to you, you pull up that handbrake, okay? That guy's going to suddenly all become, you know, whatever. So if a person suddenly, all of a sudden, makes a decision, like bang, on Amin, that I'm not going to recite a surah, Allahu Akbar. That's a mad one. That's a mad one. 
Because like you've like, what's happened there? And all the way through your ruku'ah, you are going to be thinking, oh my God, oh my God, subhanahu wa ta'ala, oh my God, oh my God, subhanahu wa ta'ala, I just can't believe I did that. And your whole standing and then going back into sajda and your fatiha and coming up to the end of fatiha, am I going to do it again? Am I going to do it again? No, no, I can't do it again. I can't do it again. You'll be alive in your prayer. I guarantee you 100% that you will have a different yani, mindset in your salah. And I say to you that even with a minusing of the reward of reciting a surah, the, this type of prayer is more rewarded. I have no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Because I believe in quality over quantity every day of the week. And if a person, if a person is dead in their prayer and they're ritualistic, you know, there's no anything else. And yani, reciting this and he's in his auto, yani, up, down, up, down, yani, robotic way as we see. Then this is the, what you need to do to actually think, you know what? I'm actually thinking about my prayer, thinking about where I am and yani, feeling alive in the salah. So, yep. Well, that guy would be pretty on the edge if he's having to depend upon that. And if he does, they are weak. Ross, is that pizza? <laughs> you know I didn't see that, right? Because obviously I was sitting low, just come up the screen and see pizza there. You've seen all that all that time and you the, What's happening there? Are we trying to mix up the game here or something? One bite. One bite, everybody knows the rules. Well, I'm telling you, that was a handbrake, absolutely. That is a handbrake of all handbrakes in lesson. There I am, enjoying the lesson, and then bam, then comes the pizza with garlic sauce, by the way, and a little cheeky little thing on the top as well that could have a couple of dough balls, could have a couple of mozzarella sticks, garlic bread even. It could just be empty, just people freaking me out. The whole thing could be empty. I've got done like that, by the way. Can't smell it. Can't smell it either. One bite of one. Don't pass it here, by the way. Don't you dare. No. No, no, no. It better be cheese and tomato. Better be margarita, by the way. Because pizza is only margarita. Yeah. Take it back. Take it back. Pizza. Amateurs. Say that again? I'll leave that fatwa to the New York yani, folks. Yani. That's not a fatwa that we're used to. That. You know, I know you Americans are liberal. And that. We're, we're, not, <laughs> we're not skipping no sort for no pizza, bro. Even, even the full pie. And that's a full pie right there. Right? It's full pie, yeah? You mean it's only one piece? No, there's like uh, two pieces. So what? And how many should it be? No, it's so it's not even a full pie. They basically give us a second-hand pizza. Second-hand pizza. <laughs> Speak to the hands. You basically take it home. Number one, v vegeta vegetarian. What the heck is that? Vegetarian. Vegetarian. And then give us any second-hand. And after they take in the hot pieces, and give us a cold vacuous, yeah? No, bro. You can take that right back. I didn't even understand what was going on, to be honest. All right. Yeah. Anyway, Mesa's literally having a heart attack, by the way. She's already upset as it is, Yanni, without sweets, without pizza being Yanni, thrown around. Is this an Arsenal Manchester United Yanni reference or something? One word. One oh, shut up. What are you going to do that for? What are you going to do that for? What are you going to do that for? Who said that? Did you say that? Stuff from. What are you going to do that for? Man's are going home to match her date and you did that. That's the dirtiest, haramest thing ever possible. Like, this lesson, by the way, has like people have just lost their mind. Subhanallah started on a high. Flipping Tim Tams from Australia. 
That is where we were. <laughs> then the only people you only started throwing in pizza, you, trying to cook. You second-hand pizza. Second-hand pizza, and then the man gives away the flipping score. It started from the handbrake. I mean, I've got to say, it's good examples of handbrakes. I'll, I'll give you that. Go on. It's a, go on. Feel free. I know you want to chuck your handbrake in as well. Go on. Go on. Pizza gate. That's what I'm saying. There's a connection. It's an arsenal. We missed Wenger. Get, get the pizza out. Who threw it? Nobody knows. Yeah? It was Cesc Fabregas, wasn't it? Who threw it, right? Yes. Yeah. The fish. Hit our guy, Alex Ferguson. Meskin. Bachara. Right. You guys disturb me so much, you know, it's unbelievable. Right. Now, next question. So we're going to recite surah. Surah is recommended. Full surah? Part of surah? Small part of a surah? What do you think? Yeah, what should be done? Doesn't need to be a full surah. All right. Ibn al-Qayyim said, and I quote, in Zad al-Ma'ad. Okay, and uh, reading directly from what he uh, said. He said, And as for the uh, recitation of the ending of surahs, Pakistan basically, right? Um, or from its middle, yani choosing bits and pieces from your surah favorite, yani. This has not yani, been preserved from the Prophet. This has not been taken from the, the Prophet Okay? Which is a big statement because it is well established from the Prophet and I have no idea and when I read that and I read this many years ago and I never found the reference for it and you will not be surprised to see no reference to it here as well. But maybe it's just one of those legends that Miskin Yani has been labeled for life with Yani is gonna go round and round and no one's ever gonna find a reference for it. So if someone finds a reference in Zad al Ma'ad, please share it with us. But apparently he has, you know, they're still saying that he said it. And what's very strange is that the hadith Yani is I think either in Muslim or, or Bukhari or something. Yeah, in the, in uh, in uh, Muslim, okay. It is in Sahih Muslim, hadith number seven hundred and twenty seven. Uh, the Prophet ﷺ, in the Sunnah of Salatul Fajr, he would sometimes recite "Qulu Amanna Billah," which is uh, uh, Surah Al-Baqarah, one hundred and thirty-six. And then, in the second rak'ah, "Qul Ya Ahl Kitab, Taala Wa Kalimatin Sawa Bayna Nabayna Kum Surah Al Imran, verse sixty-four. So, verse one hundred and thirty-six and verse sixty-four from Ali Imran. 136 from Baqarah, just the ayah, 160 and 64, just the ayah, okay? So, and what did we establish last week? Ma thabata fil nafal, whatever is established in the sunnah and nafal prayers is established in the obligatory prayers, except if there's a clear evidence to suggest otherwise. We covered that last week, and we referred back to the witter prayer whilst traveling as the original rule. So, what do we learn? That actually, this statement of Ibn Qayyim is not only incorrect, but in my opinion, I think it's not even authentic from him. I hear this is rumor, rumor, and here again, just quoted. All right, anyway, and also, um, anyway, I think we've done that. Uh, and if a person then 
على كل شيخ اثامين ساز نرى انه لا باس ان يقرا الانسان ايه من سوره في الفريضه وفي النافله يعني اتس اوكي فا بيرسون يعني ريسايتس ون تو ايه او سمثينغ لايك ذات ذات سمثينغ ويتش از اوكي اند اولسو الله سبحانه وتعالى ساز فقرأوا ما تيسر من القران ريسايت ذات ويتش از ايزي فروم ذا قران اند ذات ان سيلف ود انديكيت يعني ذات يو دونت هاف تو ريسايت ا فول سوره ذات هارد ورك از ويل لكن السنه هاويفر ذا سنه اوف ذا بروفيس الله عليه وسلم اند ذات ويتش از بيتر والافضل ان يقرا سوره ذات يو شود ريسايت ان انتاير سوره الله سبحانه وتعالى ريفيلد ات لايك ذات Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a beginning يعني to it, a middle, it has a narrative, there's a continuity, there's a feeling, and so you should try to preserve that. So the sunnah is that you, in one raka'ah, recite one complete surah, whatever it is that you are choosing. That's a sunnah. However, it is permissible to recite, uh, 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 you know, it's, it's, uh, it's uh, okay. Um, and also something which is interesting, nice hadith, subhanAllah, Shaykh Uthameen, yani, uh, brought up, which I had not yani, read for many years. When I read this, yeah, and he reminded me of it. Hadith in Sahih Muslim that Prophet ﷺ was reciting Surah uh, Al-Mu'minun. Uh, and he starts in Surah Al-Mu'minun, Qad Aflah Al-Mu'minun. And he roughly, yeah, he got up to verse 44. Yeah, and basically just at the beginning of this, the, the start of the Qissa of Musa and Harun. Okay. And... He started coughing, and he had a coughing fit. Coughing, 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 coughing. He couldn't recite anymore, and so he made takbir. The companion said that he kept coughing, so he said, Allahu Akbar, and he went into ruku'ah. And after he'd cleared his throat and got his breath back, and whatever, he finished it off in the second raka'ah. So it is permissible, clearly, to divide a surah between two, and we've seen the other hadith that it's permissible to take one ayah from one surah, another ayah from another surah, like you see in the masjids today. But, this, but these are the exceptions. The basic general rule is that you recite complete surah all the time. Okay? Um, as for uh, uh, when the, the, the mu'allif says recite a surah, then by death, yes, gone. Uh, is there a reference that says only he recited only Fatiha and not any other surah? Like um... There is in the hadith of Aisha, but not explicitly. The hadith of Aisha indicates, the question is, is that there's there an explicit hadith that shows that the Prophet ﷺ did not recite Fatiha, uh, did not recite a surah or recited Fatiha only. The implied hadith is the hadith of Aisha when she was describing the two sunnah of Fajr of the Prophet ﷺ. And she said that it was so light, it was the light, the length of, yani light in length, you know, light in terms of how much he recited, that it was the length of Surah Al-Fatiha only. Um, that is not a direct evidence, because it could mean that the Prophet ﷺ recited Fatiha quickly and still did Qul Ya Al-Kafirun and Qul Huwallahu Ahad, which is the Sunnah. Okay? The actual direct evidence of not yani, needing to recite the Fatiha is the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ teaching the one who made the error in the prayer that read that which is from the Quran, which is the Fatiha, and the hadith specified, and he didn't tell him to recite a Fatiha, a surah, which makes it very clear that it's not obligatory. That's the, that's the reasoning. Um, next question is, and when you say surah, the surah always starts with Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. So therefore, the Basmala is to be repeated Twice according to some of the fuqaha. Once yani, at the beginning for Fatiha, and then for every time that you recite a surah from the beginning, then technically speaking, if you are reciting a surah after the Fatiha, you should say Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim to yourself. Amma, 
if uh, and if a person was to recite a surah from the beginning, then uh, from their middle, sorry, or towards the end, then you wouldn't recite uh, Bismillah, of course, the Basmala. All right. But if you are reciting a surah completely, then you would not do that. And Sheikh Uthameen uh, makes a point, yani there. But I want to say to you that from our teachers, we were told that it is not yani narrated from the Prophet ﷺ clearly that he would recite out loud the Basmala. And I believe that you don't need to. And I also believe, as some of the fuqaha used to say, that the Basmala that you recite at the beginning of the Fatiha, it is like a convenient one which covers yani, the rest of the surahs as well. That's an opinion, okay? Especially if you are reciting the Basmala every rak'ah, like you should whether you believe it to be from Fatiha or not. And we've said that the class position is that it is not from Al-Fatiha, that it is not from Al-Fatiha. So once it is said at the beginning of Al-Fatiha, then it's covering the, 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 the surah as well that you're reciting. Okay, is that clear? Um, and let's just finish off now uh, the Mufassal issues. So in the morning, as subh in the Fajr prayer, it's from the Tawal Al-Mufassal, okay? From the longer Mufassal surahs. Bikasr al okay? Not Tawal, Tawal yani, is what you use when you say about a person. Yani, when a man is tall, you say yani, he was tawal, he is tall. As for tawal with a kasra, then this is the plural of the word tawila. So tawila, plural, tawal. Alright? With a kasra. And that means long in terms of animate objects. Okay? So from the mufassal. And the mufassal are, as I said, three types as indicated in the uh, hadith and the first as we just mentioned before the Hanbalis yani, stick to the narration of Hudayfa and that is from uh, Qaf to Amma and that is the long and then from Amma ila Duha and that's from the medium and then from Duha to the end is the Qisar the short ones and they have been called Al-Mufassal because of the uh, many uh, Fawasil the Fawasil is the Jama' of Fasal those divisions and breakups. And as you saw, the Malikiyah and the Hanafiyah, they took it from Hujrat and they took it to Nazi'at and they took it to Buruj. So there's lots of difference on this. But it seems that the position of Ahl Hadith and the position of the Hanabila, the Tahqiq position, seems to be that it's from Qaf. Okay? Allah knows best. Um, as we said, roughly about four, takriban four uh, surahs, uh, four juz'ah, takriban. Um, also something I really like actually, he goes that when you look at Salatul Fajr, the concept of Salatul Fajr, well, this is so nice actually, this is a beautiful point to reflect upon. You know all of the prayers, how many units were they when Allah legislated them? Not numbers, I mean raka'at, I mean. They were all two, okay? There were, and there's difference of opinion upon Maghrib. Okay, that Maghrib was always three and it remained three. There's a hadith in Abu Dawood, not the most strongest to be honest. I'm not very happy with strength, but it does say that Maghrib was initiated three and it always remained at three. Anyway, so the units of prayer were always two. So Fajr was two, Dhuhr was two, Asr was two, and Isha was two. Maghrib will leave it as a discussion. Okay, and then in Hadar, meaning that when you were not, yani, and then as the, as the, the Medinan phase yani, started to increase and the Muslims started to get used to the prayer and everyone's getting more comfortable, then as the Hadith of Aisha narrates, the people who were at home, their prayer was then extended. And the people who went on Safar and in war and in fear, they got the concession of the original prayer. And those who were at home, it got extended to four and four 
and four. So why did Fajr stay as it is? Why? So what? An evidence? That's a logical kind of statement. Anyone can think of something? What do you think? Yeah. So you can recite long, long Quran. Why would you want to do that? That's a shorter time, though. Okay, so go on. So the recitation of the Quran is witnessed by the angels. And, it's, and what's really interesting, not only is the recitation of the Quran yani witnessed by the angels, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actually says, Inna Quran al-Fajr. Right? The, the Quran of Fajr. Shaykh Uthameen says that if you extend a prayer to four rak'ah, the Quran becomes the minimum. If you keep a salah at two rak'ah, the Qur'an becomes the dominant. It's a beautiful point, subhanAllah. So from the wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that to make the, the, yani the idea basically is, is that when you wake up in the morning, the proper start is not meant to be a quick over and done kind of remembrance of Allah. It's meant to be a proper significant dose of the Qur'an to bless your, your, your beginning. <laughs> Remember that in the, the original principle, no one goes back to sleep after Fajr. Right? And the hadith indicate that this ummah is blessed in its mornings. And the Quran is blessing. We believe the Quran blesses as well. It's letters, it's words, it's physicality, and so on. And so therefore, yani, and we all know also that yani, we need help. Yani, sometimes we're told yani, a good thing, but we don't do it. And so sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala obligates it. Right? And if you obligate it, I'm going to help you through the obligation by not extending it yani, into two empty units, which therefore the prayer then is dominated by up and down and by sajda and by ruku' and by submission, which is valuable to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for His sake, subhana. But if we want to now make it valuable for you as an individual so that you benefit from it, then your benefit is in reducing it and increasing the Qur'an so that you hear more, you reflect more, you actually contact, your, your contact is more with the Qur'an. It's a beautiful point, subhanAllah. And so, um, Shaykh says, وَلِهَذَا بَقِيَتْ صَلَاةُ الصُّبْحَ عَلَىٰ رَكَعَتِهِ لَمْ Yani that this is why the prayer was established as two and remained as two, so that the majority of it, it's like yani, you call it Qur'an. The two raka'ah of Fajr, you call it Qur'an because the vast majority of it is Qur'an. That's lovely. Okay? And then in Maghrib, you recite from the short ones, okay, yani al-duha, until uh, until um, uh, until uh, In fact, let's just mention some hadith. Okay, uh, hadith narrated by Bukhari. Okay, uh, hadith number five hundred and uh, uh, five hundred and forty-one, and narrated by Imam Muslim in the book of Masajid, chapter the recommendation of being early with the Fajr prayer at the beginning of its time. Hadith number 647. And the hadith states that the Prophet ﷺ used to pray the subh and we used to uh, be able to work out who we were sitting next to or standing next to. Next to. And he would recite something between 60 to 100 verses. That's in that's the hadith in Bukhari and in Muslim. So yani, the point is, as we know from the hadith very clearly, from all of the hadith that we know that when they used to pray, it would be very dark and a person would not know who they were standing next to. 
and he's saying that you would know who we're standing next to by the end of the prayer, meaning it would take a long time, half an hour, 40 minutes, whatever, and the sky would sufficiently brighten so that the light can come in and you can know who you're standing next to because of the residual light. And that was equivalent to between 60 to 100 verses in the unit, in the unit, okay? So that would support the longer recitation in morning. As for the short recitation in Maghrib, then what was narrated by Imam Ahmed and by Imam al-Nasai, the hadith of al-Nasai is hadith number 984, and Abi Hurairah radiallahu anhu is that, I did not pray behind anyone that resembled the, pr the, the prayer of the Prophet sallallahu more than so-and-so. He didn't mention the companion. وَكَانَ يَقْرَأُ فِي الْمَغْرِبِ بِقِصَارَ الْمُفَصَّلِ وَفِي الْعِشَابِ وَصَتِ الْمُفَصَّلِ وَيَقْرَأُ فِي السُّبْحِ بِالْتَوَالِ الْمُفَصَّلِ This hadith has an authentic chain. Abu Huraira said that يعني, the person that I prayed behind, he, I once prayed behind a person and it was, it was, it, well, I never prayed behind anyone except it was so similar to the way that the Prophet ﷺ used to recite and used to pray. I.e. that in the... Uh, uh, evening prayer, it was the short of the Mufassals. In the Isha prayer, he would recite the medium Mufassal surahs. And in the Subh, in the morning prayer, he would recite from there uh, long ones. Uh, and then in the Wafil Baqi min Ausatihi, and then uh, in terms of the Dhuhr, Asr, and uh, Isha, you recite from the normal ones. What are the normal ones? Normal middle length from Amma Yatisa'alun ila Surah Ad Duha. And the um, and, these, and this hadith is something which has been established by a number of uh, narrations. Um, I'll just mention a few and then I think we'll close it. Okay. The hadith of Abu, uh, of Abu Huraira, which we just mentioned now about Surat al-Isha. Uh, okay. And then we have another hadith yani, about Zuhr and Asr, narrated by Imam Muslim. Okay. Hadith number 459. And Jabir ibn Samurah radiallahu ta'ala anhu that the Prophet sallallahu used to recite in Salatul Dhuhr wal-layli idha yaghsha and in Asr the same something similar something similar so wal-layli idha yaghsha in Dhuhr and Asr and I, I remember a narration from the Prophet sallallahu hadith in Sahih that Buruj also is a Salah is from Salatul Asr and from Salatul Dhuhr as well okay then uh, Sheikh says I think it's good that we finish this point, what's our time? We need to have someone now bang on the whole, no, no, it's too long, Khalas. that's it, no. We need to have someone bang on the whole one hour mark, okay? We need a warning, because we've been warned yani, by one of the Bengali Masajid in London, I can't remember where it was, where was it, Shaz? I can't remember, anyway, he said, he sent a message the other day, he said that we play this uh, dars every week in our masjid, and at, uh, after exactly one hour, everyone gets up and walks off. <laughs> because I beg you to finish out one hour. I beg you. I said, you know what? That's a sick one. That is what we're going to do. Yeah, I want you to understand now that this much is not, it's that much is empty now. For eight minutes, my guy's been left on his own. <laughs> he goes exactly after one hour. It's like, yeah, that's, that's, that's the limit. One hour, they just walk off. That's it. That is it. I like people like a bit of character. You've got to sometimes do that. Otherwise, it doesn't work. Mm. <laughs> Tight packy you are, custom, you know that. Right, come on, speak to me now. Any questions? Anything that we have left? Let's yani, start yani, and start the Christmas party. Ready? Yes? Farah?
That's absolutely pathetic. That is literally absolutely pathetic. Unbelievable. Right, what are we doing here? Right, guys, questions? Can we clarify this concept of origin of dhikr differing from the Quran? Absolutely good question, Abida. I was waiting for someone to ask that. Yani, dhikr, of course, is the asl of Quran. And we did say that if someone was in salah and was to say something like, you know, uh, sneeze, and they said, alhamdulillah, what did we say? We said that it, was, it wouldn't break the actual salah. Yeah, we said they wouldn't break the salah. We said it's not considered to be a foreign word. So not being a foreign word, what is happening here? This is, oh my goodness. Ajeeb. Amara, shukri, what are you spoiling us, Yara? You reckon, huh? Look at that. I think, to be honest, in fairness, you guys should be kept away from that because that's not right for you lot. Yeah, it's just not right because that's dark chocolate. I don't want to be giving you guys tannins and and things like that. Okay, that's a healthy one. Bismillah. There you go. All right. The deluxe. Oh, hello, hello. You know what? I was trying to open the heroes, but I think you guys can have the heroes. There you go. Okay. And I'll focus on the dairy box deluxe collection. Yes, bro. One second, hold on. Hold on. Just hold on. Okay. Lala, you guys want something? There you go. Don't get in my way, okay? You guys want some matchmakers? What's that? And what, what, what are we going to do with that? Oh, yeah, where's cake? Fatima, your, 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 uh, your brother's cake bowl. Yeah, Fatima, okay. Your brother's cake bowl is there. Make sure you take it, yeah? Right. Uh, we got so much. Can we just focus on the uh, thingy uh, question? So you're saying that yani, last week you said it's from the same jinns that it doesn't invalidate the prayer, and this week you're saying that yani, when you're reciting a minimum, you're saying it's a different category. The reason it's a different category is not because it's not from the same jinns, but because it's being used as an as a replacement. So it is from the same jinns because Quran is dhikr. So there's no doubt about it that dhikr is the original origin. It doesn't invalidate the prayer. But we're talking about someone who can't recite Fatiha. So that's a different category. It's a good question, that. I like that. At last, we had yani, some intelligent questions. There we go. There we go, folks. Bismillah. Come on, there you go. All right. Who else am I giving out? Oh, this, this needs to be rescued because you lot can't be trusted with this hour. I don't feel comfortable giving this out. All right, you guys are not allowed the sour cherries because that's not right. Okay. Haji. Where is that? No, no, you keep your Tim Tams. We've got enough Tim Tams there to last year until next year, six weeks. You know, these uncles, they cuss us so much, yeah? And by morning, everything will be gone. Huh? Uh-huh. And he said? Ajib. Allah, God. You should have said, you've been eating for the last six flipping years, Mr. Ade Halal. Oh. This is why I don't give him sweets. Should come and just ask for it and that's it. Astaghfirullah You know what it is? From now on, no more distribution to the women of sweets. Every time. Have we ever seen it ever fall? <laughs> oh my God. Don't, don't give me a heart attack like that, bro. Right. Order of the surahs is coming next week, Rafi'ah. Sumaira, what if the Imam does a regular khatam through reciting segmentally in the Fard Jama'at? 
Yeah, basically she's calling out Sheikh Abdul Ghaffar. That's what he's doing. Yeah. Sumaira, you want to just calm your beans, okay? And stop picking on Sheikh Abdul Ghaffar. What she's saying is a very important question. If Sheikh Abdul Ghaffar insisted on doing that, I agree, it would be bid'ah. And, are you guys serious now? No, no, we're not having no second-hand piece. I'll tell you straight. This is a point of principle. What's that? You can take your one slice back, mate. I'm not having that. There's a, there's a point of principle. I get to open it, I get to eat the pizza, and I get to eat it hot. I'm not having no cold second-hand pizza. I'm having a laugh. Right. So, what was I, what was I saying? Sheikh Abdul Ghaffar. Sheikh Abdul Ghaffar, yes. Yeah, the, the, yani, uh, for example, Sheikh Kehlan really dislikes the practice. Because Kehlan is hardcore like that. He hates on everyone. Hating on Fifth of the Ghaffar reciting Quran in a nice order. We hear yani, some surahs that we don't recite and we love it and Kehlan hating on him. We told Kehlan, you want to just calm down, bro. Okay, but he's right. If a person insists on leading the Salah in this manner, it's definitely not the Sunnah. It's definitely not the Sunnah. And Abdul Ghaffar himself knows it and he's well aware of it. Okay, so that's a very good question what uh, Sumera asks. Is it permissible though? I think it's permissible if you find yourself a justification to do so. It's permissible if you justify it because you say that it helps me to a thingy and the, and the crowd yani, like it and we are reminded of surahs, but it shouldn't be stuck too strictly. That's why I keep telling Abdul Ghaffar, make sure you establish the Sunnah of Friday and I get upset when he doesn't. Yeah, and he recites Surah Insan and Sajda to mix it up. You know what I'm saying? So that it doesn't make you look like that. I'm not going to recite the Sunnah following this yani, method. No, but surely isn't it if a person is so you're right if a person was every day mixing the surahs up and then never ever deviating from insan and sajda every friday then what you just said would be right but when a person is not reciting insan and sajda every friday except rarely then we definitely want him to then bring it in he doesn't. That's the whole point. And that's why when he does, it's good. I mean, let me tell you, from a technical point, it is closer to bid'ah than sunnah what he does. But the benefit that the people take from it, I think is better. And this is a great area, it's no doubt. It's a good question. Absolutely spot on. Yeah. He asked them. To do what? To, as, as, a, as, a, as a regular kind of thing, yeah? yeah. Right. Okay. Carry on finding some questions and stuff. Man's, <laughs> man, man's is busy. Yeah, go on. Yeah, multitasking. For you lot, yeah, you got to take the square ones, okay? I've, yeah, I, I only chose choose the best ones for you lot. Yeah, Haji, huh? In regards to that, so we said that, okay, you can split a surah into two regards, you can read part of a surah. What about if you start a surah? Do you have to complete that surah? Next week, bro. Right. Sure question. Dada? Oh. So you know you said um, how you're not supposed to take payment for reciting the Qur'an? Sorry? It is problematic that. Ramadan is different. Ramadan, you're not paying someone to recite the Quran, you're paying someone to be an Imam to cover 
the position and to allow the people to salah. And even that, yani, is some whatever. And if you remember, when we covered this in detail, we looked at all the fiqh of it, we said that, yani, uh, there's a difference. And by the way, there's a difference. The real issue is not that. The real issue is not the payment. The real issue is the ishtirat al-ujra. We covered this. If you go back, I don't know how many years ago, with that, yani, tell us how many years ago it was, or find us a lesson. But we said that there's a difference between someone saying that this is how much I want and then I will, and then I will recite. Versus yani knowing that there's a system in place that has its own kind of scale or whatever and you recite and you receive something which you did not condition. Gift. That's permissible. There's no discussion over that. That's where... Even if the gift is money. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. That's why, that's why I said the area is a grey one because how is it, whatever, and how can a gift be a gift if when you get it, then you say, this is not enough? Yeah, so that's where it becomes problematic, admittedly. So, so it's almost the same day-to-day basis, right? You want me to recite Quran and Kagan Kenna. Yeah, that's how long. Kagan, you now said, that is what that is the, that's the actual example that Sheikh Uthameen uh, said that you know can you recite Surah An-Nas for me uh, okay but 10 pounds yeah. then that's then that's haram well, the problem and that's easy and everyone knows that's haram and everyone can see that's haram and the issue is somewhere in between all of the questions that we have are when when a and the reason it's always not going not to be clear is because most of the time the the, the reason of the imam is not for that when, when an imam comes to recite for a fundraiser or whatever it is, it's to raise funds for something else and then he receives a payment. And if he makes it a, a condition that becomes messy, then it's going against the, the concept. And then if he says it's a gift and, like, and then also is it yani, something which is muhaddad specifically? For example, how many people nowadays, I'll make it even more messy. That's why we don't want to give fatwa, it's a big thing. How many people just recite Quran? They don't. They often give us some kind of reminder and they give some kind of, you know, they, make, they say something, whatever. So then the argument would be that he's teaching something. So you just, we've got to be careful. I mean, it's not good. It's not good. We're the ones who created it. We're the ones who created this system because no Baytul Mal and because we don't have any paid uh, people or whatever, paid uh, services. Yeah, come on. Check so the Hadith of Prophet Samaritan said the best payment is the payment of yeah. Quran. Is that? Talking about the benefit of getting paid, or is that talking about the benefit of the Quran itself, like the teaching? The, that's that's the benefit of, that's the benefit of people learning themselves. And however that's achieved, even if it means getting married to someone on that basis, a hadith, or even if it means you going and learning from someone. So the concept of learning and teaching as a payment is well established in the Sunnah. The Jews, for example, we didn't know how to read or write. We made a deal with them. This is what we're going to do. You teach us to read and write. Cost us a lot of money. Cost us a lot of money at that time. But then we became literate. Right? What was the other question here? Yeah. Just uh, the point of Ibn Qayyid. Uh, uh, you found the reference for it? Yeah. And uh, full paragraph. Can we make some ta'wil for him? I'll read it right now. Read the whole thing. So it's in the chapter where he talks about the Salah of the Prophet. So it's down. 
ربما قرأها في ركعتين وربما قرأ أول سورة وأما قراءة آخر السورة وسجل لاس وأما إيش وربما إيش ربما قرأ أول السورة so then so how how can he then he he refused himself then well he's talking specifically about وَأَمَّا قِرَاءَةَ أَوَاخِرَ الصُّورَةِ وَأَوْصَافِهَا آه aha excellent excellent well hold on how does بَقَرَةَ one four three is right bang in the middle of it he did raise that in my memory also. Huh? He did raise that in my memory. Okay. And, and finishes off? Then, then. He says, Yeah. So, فَلَمْ يُحْفَظْ عَنْهُ is only stated for the recitation of two surahs, yeah? Does he have فَلَمْ يُحْفَظْ عَنْهُ يعني before in أَوَاخِرَ and أَوْصَاتِ So Ibn Qayyim has written in Zad al-Ma'ad that it's from the guidance of the Prophet ﷺ to recite a surah completely in each raka'ah or from its beginning. However, from its middle part like cherry picking or from the end, then that has, has it got written? Or, uh, yeah, so. yeah, so that has not been preserved from the Prophet ﷺ. Also what has not been preserved is to recite two surahs in one raka'ah, in the obligatory prayers. In the nafal, yes. Nafal prayers, yes. But obligatory prayers, no. We're coming to that next week a little bit anyway. Okay? Alright. Any more questions? Can one recite two, three various Quranic du'as instead of a surah? We're coming to that next week, but no. Isha, in the summer months, wake them up to pray. Absolutely, Farah. Absolutely. Um, the concept of reciting and not in the next, how is that? That's coming a long time away. As are you speaking, as you are speaking about the blessings of the morning, could you dwell, dwell into the uh, sunnah of sleeping and waking at certain times and, and the barakah in that? I mean, all I would say now is that the Prophet ﷺ did not go to sleep after Fajr and he would sleep early after Isha and he would take a qaylula after Dhuhr. So, yeah. Uh, reciting basman at the start of every raka'ah, what would be the evidence for that? We covered that last two weeks ago. Is it permissible to recite the same surah after the surah? That's coming next week. Yes, it is. Indicating division of the world. I don't know. Chocolate, indeed it is. Paying the Mu'addin. Ahsent Mesa, well done. It's in the chapter of the Mu'addin. And the, the characteristics of the Mu'addin. We spent three lessons, I think, talking about payment. On all issues of Islamic, Islamic work, da'wah, Quran, thingy. We went into full detail and we smashed it. Yep, I remember that. Uh, yes, it is. Kafirun and ikhlas is indeed recommended surahs. Are we done? Yep. Yalla. Subhanakallah wa hamdika shadu an la ilaha 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 ila